the magic is not the product itself. Yep. The magic is which material to use when mm -hmm. and how to manipulate that material in such a way that it doesn't harm uh, the environment. It doesn't also uh, harm uh, uh, the surrounding build structures and do the work at the most efficient and most effective way possible. <clears throat> right. Imagine that Hoover Dam suddenly had a leak in it mm -hmm. or any any dam and that's bad and it turns real bad real fast and this can affect the <laughs> water supply like a lot of people die and, and as you said earlier if a giant highway that's connecting two countries together stops a whole economy can shatter yeah yeah look at it yeah from asbestos to so many things you can count mm -hmm. yeah? that the cheaper solutions turn out to be much more expensive yep comes down to reputations, time, money, and, and lives. human lives. Yeah, yeah for sure. Lives. Yep, for sure. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hi. Capability Amplifier. This is Kyan, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Super interesting. So on June 24th, 2021, a condominium collapsed in Miami, Florida, killing 98 people. This disaster was caused by water getting into concrete and rebar rusted, weakening the structure. On February 6th, 2023, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake in southeast Turkey, where my guest actually is from Turkey, it destroyed thousands of buildings and over 50,000 people perished. Now, this disaster could have been prevented by understanding soil principles, something called geoforming. Now, a, a tunnel collapse outside of Tokyo, Japan in December 2012 killed nine people when a 360-foot section of concrete fell, dropping pieces that were 160 to 200 feet long and eight inches thick. Now, most tunnel catastrophes are caused by the disruption of existing ground during or after construction. So what do these disasters have in common? Fighting with Mother Nature and put simply, water and ground conditions. Water is the ultimate solvent, and throughout all of human history, since building structures above or below ground, water can enter soil or structure and weaken buildings and tunnels. The solution is something called geoforming. Geoforming is preparing ground. Think of it like a cake for building and tunneling. It has to be stable, have a proper crust, be able to slice properly and last as long as possible. And if you don't prepare the ground cake properly, you're put into the unfortunate situation of preventing a disaster, which means quickly stopping water from getting in, preventing it from ever getting around. And that's what my next guest is the best in the world at. Kyan and his company, Geoform, are the fastest, most efficient in the world at stabilizing soil while stopping and preventing water disasters before, during, and after construction above and below the ground. So the best part of my job is the exposure I get to people and ideas I didn't even know existed. So Cayenne is an example of this. And if anyone can make dirt interesting, it's him because what he does affects all of us. So welcome, Cayenne. Nice to have you here today, my friend. Thank you, and thanks for inviting me. You got it. Thank now, it's been, you and I have had now three days together, yeah. and we originally met through our mutual friend, John Astaraf, one of my yes. favorite people on the planet. And uh, when I met you, you lit up because we got exposed to each other, basically because I was talking about AI. Yeah. And you have this huge vision for 
what you want to do, how you want to affect really humanity, and what you do affects everyone who lives in a civilized society. So I think the best place to begin before we get into the, your background is what exactly is geoforming and what do you do every day? Well, in very simple terms, geoforming plugs leaks and keeps water away. So every day we solve complex water disasters caused by improper geoforming faster than anyone in the world. Okay. And so at the end of the day, um, and I, because I've gotten exposure to what you guys do, you have these really cool systems and processes. In some cases, um, the soil or earth is all messed up in a certain way, and you either have to tunnel or build something on top of it. Or when you're moving stuff around, you've got these really cool earth-friendly tools and chemicals that like basically turn earth into jello so you can scoop it out really easily. And um, ultimately, this is all broken down into some really cool products. Mm. But um, for the layperson, and maybe the way I'll frame this for you right now is I want you to imagine that you get a call by CNN, Fox, MSNBC, or Congress for that matter, and a major disaster's happened, and either a building um, fell down, mm. a tunnel collapsed, lots of people perished. Um, for you, what's the biggest or worst disaster that you've ever had to fix? Well, actually, uh, the reason I got into the geoforming business, and I explained to you this is a new business for me. It's, mm -hmm. We've been now doing what we are doing for four years and expanding now. Uh, the biggest disaster we fixed are not the huge disasters yet because mm -hmm. we are getting our act together and we are getting, what I mean by we are getting our act together is we are getting prepared so that such disasters don't happen. Mm -hmm. Every day we solve problems in tunnels. Every day we solve problems in uh, oil and gas pipeline lines, uh, infrastructure construction. And we'll be perhaps going after mines too. Wherever the human human beings live, there's water. Mm -hmm. And wherever human beings live, uh, we are close to lakes or rivers. And a lot of time in the past, I was even myself, I was thinking that a lake is like a bathtub mm -hmm. or a river is like a bathtub. But unfortunately, or fortunately, it is not. What we see is just what we see in front of us, but actually, wherever the river is or sea, for, the water is everywhere. Yep. It goes sometimes one meter below, sometimes it is only a feet below, sometimes five meters below, and sometimes we are really actually standing on top of lakes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can tell you some uh, stories where we were called for a very small problem, but we have seen that after the digging, uh, the uh, contractor had a problem of digging after three feet, he got into water. Mm -hmm. And then he was trying to stop that water. But we have seen that 30 feet below, there was nothing. Yeah, Just after he digged, he actually got into a lake. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so we have uh, solutions that uh, we, can, we create a barrier there and a solid standing so that he can build and it was going to be a pump station. And that pump station had to be there for certain reasons. Uh, and when they understood what the problem is, they had no other choice, but we could fix that. So this is one of the problems we fixed. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it was like a small problem turned out to be a major problem for the other. Right. And then uh, we were called for uh, some uh, very small problem. Okay, I have a leak here. Can you fix, help us fix this? We found out that the uh, con construction piles uh, 
you know, when you are uh, making a large construction uh, under the ground, or even for the uh, uh, large buildings, uh, high-rise buildings, you have to dig deep. And when you dig deep, you have concrete columns. You have to you create a con- uh, area right. that is safe for people to work and for your building to build. And if those piles are not properly done, if the water is coming in between, you cannot build your construction. Mm-hmm. So we went into, for example, one uh, tunnel, uh, one uh, metro station, subway station construction. We spent three months there. Mm. Yeah, because the whole area, wherever they were excavating, they were finding that those concrete piles were not really uh, concrete. Oh, man. Yeah. They were not holding the earth or the water away. So we had to stabilize the whole area so that they could continue excavation. Okay. So uh, another big area was for us a big disaster. Could have been... Uh, a lot of time, the, I can tell you this. The biggest issue is we underestimate, we are human beings, and we underestimate what can go wrong under the ground. I have a motto, expect the unexpected underground. Mm-hmm. And this is a reality. Wherever we go, this is the same problem. Again and again, we face the same issue. Yep, tons and tons of unpredictable yep. things for sure. So I want you to imagine for a moment you got called up by CNN or Fox or MSNBC or Congress for an interview because a major disaster happened from a building collapse, or it could be a tunnel collapse. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what the biggest or worst disaster you've ever had to fix is. You get called in, something horrible happens. What'd you do? Well, luckily, we were not called for such a uh, matter, uh, but uh, we've been called to a lot of uh, other disasters that could have turned into a major disaster. Mm-hmm. I'll give you two examples. One, think about the uh, subway, uh, subway construction, about 10 miles, and in the middle, there's a station, and if that station is not able to be built, the complete met- uh, subway cannot work. Yep. And this station was stuck. When they came to excavation, they were not able to proceed. And they had a lot of people coming even from Europe, from the US, to fix it. They couldn't fix it. So we went in and we solved that problem. Think about the... I can just tell you that if we were not there, perhaps that could have been taken them another year to fix or two years. We don't know. But that was a major issue that we fixed. And when we fixed it, we fixed it in such a way that we also provided them the opportunity for future collapses because the problem was much, much bigger than just the problem that they were not able to excavate. It was a much bigger problem. If we did not do what we did, it could have collapsed and killed a lot of people. Okay. That was one. Got and, it. Uh, another issue, uh, uh, another uh, project that uh, there had to be a tunnel, uh, a short tunnel perhaps, but so important tunnel, but it had to go under the most congested highway intersection in North America, under 21 lanes. And uh, the problem was, if that highway stopped, Canada would stop. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was such a lives in danger, but it's also the economy in danger. Yeah. So we made sure that the area is turned into a cake, like you really explained it mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. so that the construction proceeded on time and within the budget, and perfectly completed. Got it. So I know we're going to tear into some specifics here, but I at least wanted to begin there that um, 
again, over the past three days, I've had a chance to really sink into your work and see all the things you do. And one of the things that we did prepare for everyone is a masterclass. It goes into the real details. But the bottom line is um, what you're really good at is predicting disasters and knowing that, you know, just by being able to look at the ground, you can predict either what's going on that's not visible or what's going to happen and predict it and being able to deal with that with some really, really fascinating tools and systems. And I want to zoom in on one thing that we looked at. And on this, if you're watching the video, I'm going to have this playing in the background while you describe it. But it's this video of you and your team at a trade show. Mm -hmm. And it's this tube filled with gravel and there's water going through it. And the way the illustration looks, um, you can see the water passing through and there's no resistance, 100%. And one of your guys goes up and connects this hose with a substance in it. And within, it looks like a minute, minute and a half, it seems to solidify and then water stops going through it, mm -hmm. which is a pretty good illustrative example of Imagine that Hoover Dam suddenly had a leak in it mm -hmm. or any any dam, and that's bad. And it turns real bad real fast, and this can affect the <laughs> water supply. Like, a lot of people die. And, and as you said earlier, if a giant highway that's connecting two countries together stops, a whole economy can shatter. Yeah. So this is an example of that, and you guys are able to plug temporarily or permanently, but also prevent that kind of thing from happening. So yes. why don't you describe what's going on in that video and what this stuff is, because it's Earth-friendly also. Mm -hmm. That's another big aspect of what you do. Well, uh, we've got a wide arsenal of pro products and tools and methodologies. So uh, basically uh, what we do there is uh, showing to everyone how fast we can stop the flow of water. So the material is not the, it's our magic, I can tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, this is not the magic. The magic is not the product itself. Yep. The magic is which material to use when mm -hmm. and how to manipulate that material in such a way that it doesn't harm uh, the environment. It doesn't also uh, harm uh, uh, the surrounding build structures mm -hmm. and do the work at the most efficient and most effective way possible <clears throat> right right and uh, it's it's pretty amazing because <clears throat> again stopping water is one thing and then moving porous muck you mm. know like if you're digging and you got to build something on top of it and then there's a bunch of wa weather things going on weather's temporary but what's below like you said a meter or two below can affect so many things so i'm gonna ask you another question because Something I'm really, really interested in and fascinated by are first principles. Mm. Elon Musk has first principles. Socrates ha has first principles. And the basic premise is these are fundamental building blocks of thought. Yeah. And if you operate with first principles in mind, you make good decisions quickly. And you're very much a first principles logical guy. Yeah. Um, so why don't you share the geoforming first principles. And there's only three, but you also have 10 commandments, which we'll get into in a little while. Yeah. Um, because this, again, this is this world where I think like biology, you know, you don't understand biology if you're a young kid until you look through a microscope mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, there's this massive universe 
that I can't see. It's this invisible universe. Geoforming is just like that. There's this universe you don't see, but then when you get exposed to it, you can't unsee, you can't unthink it. Yeah. So what are the first principles? Well, just before that, I'll uh, mention something very simple for me. Uh, I like to see what is complex in the world and see how we, what are the fundamental major small things. Mm-hmm. If we do them right, then the rest will take care of itself. Yes. And when you come to geoforming, when, now you're, when you come to building anything, you have to understand two things. One thing is the ground has to be stable. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it stable. And the second thing is you have to keep the water away. And the third thing is whatever you are doing, you should not be causing any damage than, to the environment, which means that you have to avoid swelling at the same time settlement. Mm-hmm. So one is you make something and by swelling you hurt. Yep. Or settlement, you do something but it collapses. Others, yes. other, um, uh, other buildings, other structures are the same building. The fastest way to 10x to build a project, if I may say, mm-hmm. it, to, to fix it right at the beginning. Right, right. The rest is all band-aids. Yeah. And we are seeing this all around us. And this is mainly the reason I got into uh, this business too. Because uh, I like to see what is complex. I, I, can, I have a God-given gift. Gift has two meanings, you know it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The gift is I can see the forest and the smallest stone in it and all the interrelations between the stones and the trees. Yes. That's my God-given gift. Yep. And then from there, I come to, okay, what are the small things that we do right? Mm-hmm. What I told you are not small things, though. These are major things. Yes. But people usually, unfortunately, do not always see how they are related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't, they don't understand. Like, for example, <clears throat> when we were talking about I use that example of the pipe, for example, with all the rocks in it. And you guys injected this material and suddenly the water stops. That could save a lot of lives and save a fortune. Mm. But that in itself is a Band-Aid. Now, what's important is that's a Band-Aid that could be semi-permanent because um, like, if you had concrete... And, and you couldn't just pour concrete into something that's wet and is going to stay wet, right? You've yeah. got to have this special material you have. But also, it doesn't swell. So if you put that in a normal pipe, um, concrete, for example, can swell. Or if, the, if there's steel rebar in it and it's rusty, that can disintegrate. And it's just a matter of years before the whole building can come down or whatever happens. Again, that's a temporary Band-Aid fix, like you were saying. So the variables here are what matters most. So I think one of the best ways that we can move forward so folks can understand what you do and how you think is by using some real-life case studies. Yeah. And you've got a massive client. You can't mention names. One of the things that you have to do, I understand the nature of it, is when you're dealing with these high-risk situations, other people's brands are at stake, and no one's going to want to talk about a disaster that... They, they like the kind of calls you get are we have something horrible happening and no one can hear about this. Okay. Um, you know, it's like terror. It's sort of like aliens could land. You're better off not talking about the aliens, you know, sometimes keeping it secret. Well, I understand that point of view. Actually, whether our clients uh, speak about that or not, uh, uh-huh. we keep it uh, quiet. When it is disaster recovery, you don't want to talk about it. Right. So, so let's frame this up with a really, really, really big company um 
and you get a call and you got a challenge. And again, so often you're, you guys get called like an emergency room visit mm. and then you have to explain, okay, I, I, I'm, I don't want to fix and apply another bandaid because you're going to be calling me up a year from now or three years from now, or someone's going to die or you're going to run out of money or you're going to see a budget increase of 10 X. Um, then you do it right. Yeah. <clears throat> unless someone's worked with you and then they're like, now you're the first one they call because they need a partner who's going to make sure it's done right in the first, first place. But you get these calls and because you have a system and a process, you figure out the right, it's like the right Lego to use at the right time yes. to fix a challenge. So why don't we deconstruct uh, one of the challenges with one of your biggest partners in the world? Well, Actually, you you were bang on when you said that uh, when somebody calls for a Band-Aid, we are not the Band-Aid guys. Yeah. So we, I call myself, people call myself sometimes brutally honest because whatever is the reality we speak of. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, of course, we need to first understand what the customer needs. So our first step always starts with the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. We need to really understand what is the outcome the customer needs? Because sometimes, and a lot of times, they call us for a seemingly in insignificant problem for right. them. But it is a hurdle that they cannot overcome in many ways. So this case that, they, uh, that you called, they had some water coming into a pit that they need to work in, and that pit had to be dry, a shaft or a pit. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have found out that uh, it was only possible by stabilizing the all area area around it because they were like very close to water so water table we call it water table in our industry mm -hmm. which means the groundwater the height of the water is yep. very high was very high mm -hmm. so in that case for example we had to close the the any area that the water can come around yep so that they could make sure that the area is dry and we did this okay in a week. It takes it. It, it took a longer than uh, uh, they thought, perhaps. But in the end, they were like, okay, we were struggling here for months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the week was nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And but in that period of time, they'd probably lost. I mean, you can just imagine this is one of those complicated hockey stick problems where it costs a certain amount for a couple of days and then it turns into after weeks and months because of the slowdown. Yeah. I'm sure there's penalties and I mean, it, it has a huge cascading effect. So yeah. keep on going. This is a lot of times the, the outsiders when they don't, what they don't understand about uh, the construction is the overhead costs of construction. When you are stopped, your costs are continually piling up. Right. And you have a budget. You thought that I'm going to do this project in certain time. Mm -hmm. And this is going to bring us another topic we will be discussing, and this is why we are focusing on the infrastructure construction. We will have a conversation on that, I know. But main, <clears throat> main issue here, when, after we diagnose the problem, the next step comes, what is the assessment? That means we evaluate first what needs to be done, and then we go into our planning stage, we mm -hmm. plan it, a lot of times, this is the people when they when they see at a work site, we worked perhaps one week, but perhaps we planned to do that work for a month. Mm -hmm. That's the people that they don't see. 
or we have spent years to learn because when we go, perhaps in a job site we spend a day mm-hmm. or five days, but this is an accumulation of years of experience. Right. Understood. Well, I think the the way I think about that is <clears throat> if you work with an amateur, something's going to co- cost a lot more. It's going to take a lot more time and you're going to be paying for it years from now, right? Yes. <laughs> because it won't be done the right, the right way versus if you're working with an experienced expert, you're compressing time into the solution so that 40 years of experience compressed into time can equate into um, a week and it's done right. So I'll I'll equate it in another way. We've been developing a property in Mexico and our developer told us something that really, really changed my perspective. And And I see that exact same thing in you. And he said, the way you make money in developing in Mexico is the longer you plan, mm. the more money you make and the shorter it takes. <laughs> um, and it's and to the impatient, that's difficult. But otherwise, a development, a failed development could take you 18 months yeah. and never finish versus planning for nine can mean you can get the whole thing developed and built in five months and it'll be done right. It'll be worth a lot more money and you won't have any problems later on. And I, I see that exact same thing in all the examples that you've given me. And and I think one of the things that you've done very intelligently is like when you think about your materials and your solutions, when you come in, your solutions package is based upon what the client needs. So in this particular case, yeah. I know you've got um, your branding works around basically bringing in, again, think of it like the right Lego block at the right time. So for this kind of thing, what did you have to do and what was the delivery? So they kind of hear, again, the mechanism you use. Well, uh, we have preventative methods. Yep. And then when it is another preventative, as problem is there, we are going there to solve it, then we call this package the complete package, Geoform to the Rescue. Uh-huh. So this is called the GS, GS Rescue Package where we don't only go with the plant, but we also go with all the contingencies. Mm-hmm. The, this problem that we solved, we use the GS block, Geoform block, GS stabilize, and mm-hmm. GS safe fill methodologies with the solutions with the products. Yep. But we had many other on the contingencies. This is why we call the rescue is always there, mm-hmm. yeah. because when you go to a disrupted area, Sometimes the, the disrupted area has changed. You don't know. Yep. So we have other contingencies with us. Right. And 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 the specifics that I've observed is like one of these might be if you've got a whole bunch of water getting in, like the example I talked about earlier, you got to f- stop or block the flow of of water. Yeah. Another one will be um, where if everything is wiggling around, that's where your stabilize comes in, or a fill strategy is you can't build on top of mud. Yeah. You got to make sure that something is stable um, and it's going to remain that way for the long term, which again goes back to you have to keep out the water. Yeah. That's the, the most important thing. And you also build using the local material so you don't disrupt the earth around it, which yeah. again is something I would never, I never would have thought of any of this stuff. It's it's very new to my thinking. So anything you want to add to that before we move on to the next example? Yes, but at the same time, you have to also look at the conditions requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And the, a lot of times people over, oversee or overlook uh, the environment. 
Yep. And for me, as a person, number one thing in my life had been environment and the people. Mm-hmm. So all products that we use needs to be also not harming that environment. Yep. And the pro- the solution that we use, for example, in that example, was very close to farming areas. So sure. all the products we used were environment and groundwater friendly, even drink water friendly. Wow. Yep. Which isn't the norm in your industry in the past, you know, and, and I know, again, the, the tendency is, what's the cheapest solution so we yeah. can get this thing done, make the most money, and no one really historically has paid attention to the future. Well, yes, but it turned out to be the most expensive one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Look at it. Yeah? From asbestos to so many things you can count, mm-hmm. yeah? that the cheaper solutions turn out to be much more expensive. Yep. Comes down to reputations, time, money, and, and lives. human lives. Yeah, yeah for human sure. Lives. Yep, for sure. Hey, this is Mike Koenigs. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you're an action taker and ready to transform and reinvent yourself and your business, go to connecttomike.com to learn more and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. Let's go on. Tunnels, yeah. huge business for you. Again, incredibly complex I think most of us take it for granted when we're driving through tunnels, especially in California here. We have a lot of big, Mm. big tunnels, especially up in the San Francisco area. And then when you're going through there and you see little trickles of water, I mean, mountains, drilling through mountains and building something that lasts for decades, hopefully hundreds of years, is incredibly complex. So why don't you talk a little bit about one of the big tunnel projects that you've been involved in and what kind of complexity showed up and what do you have to deal with and how do you have to think? Well, let me uh, give you a very complex uh, example uh, from a tunnel uh, in the uh, sanitary tunnels. You know, you, you have to uh, somehow, in each city, big city, uh, you have collectors uh, of sewage and then you t- treat the sewage mm-hmm. and then you have to discharge them and they're usually, usually discharged to water bodies but they have to be far away from the shore. So think about this, that you are under a lake, two, two and a half kilometers away, mm-hmm. and you have to dig a hole under the lake so that you can put your pipes to discharge your collected water, treated water back to the lake, let's say. Yeah? Yep. And suddenly the water rushes in. And then you got a sudden big load, unexpected load, mm-hmm. suddenly coming on top of your freshly built segments and breaking them and water is coming rushing in yeah so we were called to solve that problem and it took us a few weeks but we solved the problem we stopped the water and we stabilized the broken concrete segments by anchoring them to the rocks Uh, but this type of problems for example are can be avoided and can be completely prevented with our geoforming methodology so in our geoforming methodology, we have a lot of different tools and a lot of different solutions either to prevent or unfortunately when that happens, we go in, some of some of our solutions are temporary fixes mm-hmm. and some of them are permanent. But of course, when you go after it, a disaster is done, 99.99 times, it is much more expensive than the preventative measures. Of course. Yeah? Yep. Makes a ton of sense. And one of the things I'm just going to take a little break here and let you know, listener, viewer, um, one of the things that we put together 
if you want to go deeper on this, you want to understand it, or you're in the industry, in the in the um, tunneling industry, the building industry, you want to learn more about Kyan and his team, um, you can go to geoforming.com slash free, and we have a master class for you. We have some diagnostic tools, and you can really go deep in this uh, beyond what we're doing here. So I just wanted to tell you that now, and we'll tell you again at the end of the show, which is at geoforming.com slash free. So talk a little bit about um, you can pick either another tunnel. I know we've got one that's in um, Canada. Mm-hmm. I won't say specifically where, just in case. Another one that's in a um, a European country. Yeah. Uh, again, I want to be very, very careful about what gets said here. But you've also got uh, another, I believe it's a subway station yeah. as an example. So why don't you pick another one as an illustration here mm-hmm. that uh, you think is representative and again, the important idea here is the thinking behind this. That's um, and packing all this history, and understanding the architectural, material sciences, earth sciences, water, how it moves, um, but also to prevent it and stop it. And then these days, it's chemistry as well yes, that yes. you have to understand. So, tear into it. Give me another example. Well, I'll give you an example of a successful project that our uh, partners accomplished in Germany. Uh, by the way, I'm also a, a German citizen. Uh, and I spent 30, of, 30 years of my life in Germany. And uh, when we brought the geoforming technology to North America, uh, actually the idea was initially to pro- promote and sell products. Then we have seen the need that this is not enough, mm-hmm. but we have to bring, bring it and unite it with the North American engineering yes. because the German engineering would not be sufficient to do it in North America. And the North American know-how was not sufficient to, to use the German technology. So I give this, um, uh, I go back to the Germany example of the tunnel. That was a very challenging uh, project in Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So think about the city, and with, under that city, a tunnel had to be built. And it was another very long one. Think about it like a uh, 2,000-feet tunnel. Yep. But the channel challenge was this this had to be only about 20 feet the tunnel had to be about 20 feet under the city yep and you had a big challenge that the buildings could collapse right because this the soil was mostly sand and sand if you just think about it you are on the beach yeah and you have a sand castle and try to dig under your sand castle what what's going to happen it's going to go it's going to collapse yep. collapse mm-hmm. so we were called in that uh, project and we stabilized the ground in such a way that nothing settled, nothing collapsed, and the project was completed on time and within the budget. Right. So the same thing we did also in Toronto. We, we initially we mentioned about that project under 21 uh, lanes highway. That project uh, also proven that our methods work, and when our methods are included in the project from the planning stage, the... Uh, 99.9%, I can mm. say, we can mm-hmm. guarantee that project will be on time within the budget. Right, right. Because our approach, overall approach, is a little bit different than the common approach in the construction industry. Common in, uh, common industrial approach is you look at the soil conditions. Every every project is starts with good intentions. Don't get me wrong. Right, right, yeah? right. No, I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything wrong. So you, as a technical team, 
your team and the a lot of times the big projects are managed but by multiple technical teams and the there's a project uh, manage, management from the owner's side. There's a project management from the contractor's side. Everybody looks at the ground conditions and what can go wrong and try to take precautions as much as as possible as they can. Yeah? But my way of approaching to the underground is expect the unexpected. I'm repeating again. Uh, you yep. will hear perhaps again and again this from me. Because whatever bore sample we call it the borehole sample yeah bore sample mm -hmm. you take from the ground the ground is not the same a few meters away or, or a few feet away it can be yes. different and uh, the second thing is when you disrupt the environment under the ground or above the ground but especially under the ground when you disrupt what i mean by disrupting when you make any structure you have to take the existing soil away yeah. and put something new so when you are disrupting it you don't know what's changing underneath so the previous conditions that before you disrupted the environment and the surrounding environment are not the same. So in my life, I was telling you like that before, it seems perhaps silly that I keep on telling the same thing. Yep. That very simple. If you think about it like a cake, if you turn the whole area into a cake, so the environment, the surrounding environment doesn't doesn't have any more memory that yep. something has changed or is changing. Yeah. Yes. You turn the environment into a cake, and then you excavate what you need to excavate among from inside that cake. Then the environment is still stable. Right. This is my approach. Yeah. So, and it's to me, it's honestly, it it's non obvious. I never would have thought of that. And my suspicion is. Even people who've been building for a long time are not aware of that because, you know, to at least my observation, and this could be my untrained observation, it seems like so much of the construction industry is very brute force. Mm -hmm. Don't think about how can I use the environment around me. It's like just get it done and and use whatever means possible. And I I only say that because I grew up around a lot of construction mm. and in the small town I grew up in, it was rapidly being grown. I used to watch the backhoes. I'd watch the digging. But living in Minnesota, I watched what the environment would do to a job site yeah. anytime there was a storm. And the ensuing work or the time it took to dry out and the waiting that went on. And it, at the time, there was a lot of primitive methodologies. And, and of course, I know it's evolved a lot. But, you know, I still poke my head in. I stop at job sites mm. and I watch what's happening, not at a tunnel site, yeah. but it doesn't look too different. It no. seems like not a lot of real progress has taken place. Fundamentally, when you really look into fundamentally, it's almost mm -hmm. the same, but yep. it's 100 years ago and today. This is one of the industries that did not see much change. Yeah, uh, and I'm not uh, going to blame anybody for this mm -hmm. because this is an industry where the liabilities are huge. Yeah, nobody right. wants to do something different and then have a problem and then be accused. Why did you do this? Yeah, being first is uh, is very costly to reputation, lives, money, time, etc. It makes sense. Yes, this is one issue. The second mm -hmm. issue is uh, I should also uh, not accuse our uh, partners. Most of them are partners. We see them as our partners mm -hmm. uh, for trying to save on the cost, because the complete structure of the 
especially on the infrastructure construction, is based on who is going to be the cheapest is going to get the job done. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is pushing everyone to save costs on everywhere. And whenever there is a problem, they also try to solve the lowest possible, possible way. Yep. And the result, 80% of the infrastructure projects are double the budget and almost double the schedule. Sure. Yeah. And I think anybody in the world can really, if they really think about this, can really say that I'm a witness that the infrastructure project in my city mm-hmm. took much longer and still we have issues. And the main thing is coming from a little bit from the construction bidding process. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I can say that our solutions perhaps are not so easy to implement. That's also another part. Yeah. Because when you have a normal way of doing construction, you excavate or you drill a hole, you pour concrete, mm-hmm. and you pour, you put your steel structure, and then you excavate and that's all. And then you build either a steel structure or you build a concrete structure or wooden structure. It's almost around the world the same. Mm-hmm. But when you are doing with our methodology, initially it looks seemingly more expensive. But, and at the same time, what we do is also environmentally also hazardous in a way, mm-hmm. if it is not done properly. Your method is not hazardous compared to the current way. Yes. Yeah. No, what I mean also, the products that we use can be hazardous uh-huh. if they are not properly handled Yes, and if they are not properly applied. Mm-hmm. That is also a big danger why a lot of people are not able to use our methodology. Yes. Yeah? Because if you look at the product, oh, the product says it's hazardous. How can, how can it be mm-hmm. groundwater friendly, drink water friendly? So this is a complete package. This is why we say we are the first one Yep. that can implement this in wide scale because we are not just a product company. We are a solutions company and we are providing a solution as a turnkey complete process, mm-hmm. uh, a methodology and technology, including the product, including all the uh, exactly matching equipment, tools, and uh, specifically and specially trained workforce and an engineering team completely and devoted to every day, how can we get it better? Right, right. So what we do is seemingly simple, but inherently very complex. Right. Yeah, hopefully everyone got the the idea that behind this, and again, I wanted to make sure we didn't go too far into the weeds. I think the best way to get into the weeds is to go to geoforming.com slash free shameless plug for you to get the master class because there you're going to deconstruct and get into some more of the details and then also some of the diagnostic tools that you're providing and your slide deck for example when you start seeing each of the products and how they fit in they fit in a logical order but this is one of those again big ideas that once you go down the rabbit hole, it's like you can't unsee what you've just seen. You can't unthink what you just start thinking. Um, but you do see the infinite complexity. It's very fractal in nature. You know, it's yeah. like the, when you start looking either through the telescope or the microscope. So, with that, I think um, one of the things that I thought would be interesting <clears throat> as we come close to wrapping up here, could you go through your 10 commandments of geoforming? I think that's, again, 
in the mindset of first principles, you've got um, some core ways of thinking that I think will be valuable for any listener, any viewer. And um, who knows, even if you never touch this industry, it <laughs> might change the way you think. And and that's really what Capability Amplifier is all about. This podcast is adding your capabilities, multiplying um, how you think and see the world. So once you go through each one of these, and um, I'll ask you some questions if there's something that doesn't make sense. Okay, let's. Uh, uh, do you want to first go with the Ten Commandments? Yeah, let's do the Ten Commandments. Well, uh, you will again hear from me the same again. Mm-hmm. Expect the unexpected underground. Yeah, and what that means is because even the, even uh, today with the climate change, under over underground, over the ground, sometimes we also have unexpected weather conditions. Mm-hmm. Under the ground, we on we have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And uh, because there's water, there's there are a lot of different pressures going on under the ground, and the ground is never stable. Yeah, we are like mm-hmm. we are living on a living mechanism or organism. The yeah. earth crust is a live organism, mm-hmm. and it's not uniform. Yep. This is the the earth. We just think that it is the same everywhere. Yep, it's not. So, and especially when you are digging. Really expect the unexpected, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I I have to go a little bit uh, to my childhood. Okay, yeah? uh, I was born as a child of an architect uh, and a builder. So my father was a cra- one of the crazy ones. He was building, he was drawing the building, and then building the building in wow. a way that is all his buildings are still standing, and in earthquake zones, and not even like with a crack. So my whole childhood, past every summer of my life, passed on construction sites. And I, I was in his lap when he was drawing. Mm. And then I was in the construction sites every day. He was t- carrying me like a bag <laughs> because he was wanting me to really learn what mm. the intrinsics of the construction. Yeah? And I learned from him one thing because he really suffered in a big shopping center construction. Yeah. And it was a deep excavation, deep foundation. Uh, it was about, uh, I think about 40 or 50 feet uh, deep. And they had a lot of issues with water and ground instability. Mm-hmm. I remember those days. And uh, I remember that uh, he had a lot of sleepless nights yeah, uh, to protect his men also, because he didn't have, unfortunately, the technologies that I know of today. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have them. Uh, but. I remember from him, because he always wanted me to go into construction. In the end, I got it. <laughs> got in. Yeah. I was running away for a long time, but I, finally I got in. He, what I learned from him, son, expect the unexpected. Keep the ground stable. Yep. Yeah, the ground has to be stable somehow. And keep the water away. So basically, the first principle or first commandment is always expect the unexpected. And whatever material or solution, the second one is whatever material solution you are planning to implement has to be compatible with the soil and all the other conditions that your project requires. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third commandment, these are all intertwined. You might say, hey, they are almost like the same. Mm -hmm. This is like good ethics. The 10 commandments in the end come together to say it's good ethics in a way. 
So you have to stabilize the ground as suitable as your project's requirement. And uh, the fourth issue, this is something that I keep on hearing from people and I'm smiling it because I've seen this again and again in my life. Yeah? People think that uh, if you build a building, if, you, if your concrete is good quality and if the water, it's next to water, nothing is going to happen. They forget that the concrete is not like, you know, here you don't see the porosity mm -hmm. on this table too. Yeah? This yep. is actually porous. Yes. Uh -huh. if, if you pour water, keep this under water, some, after some time, even your table, you will yeah, see that. No, much. it's, it's uh, at because, the end of the day, it's particle board. It's mushy. Yeah. Yes. And concrete it is too. Still, totally. Yeah? Yes. Because concrete is not, whatever the fine concrete you do, it's not. And the water is, believe me, the mm -hmm. ultimate solvent. Never forget. Yeah? And I've had experienced in very bad ways and lost a lot of money because even we forget sometimes, even in far away areas, even from the cities, yeah, the effect of hydrocarbon mixing with water. Mm -hmm. yeah? In my past life, I was in renewable energies and we, we had a lot of solar farms and we were supplying cables for solar farms. Yes. And the cables were designed for all kinds of issues, but these farms were out of city, so they were not protected against hydrocarbons. Yes. Yeah? So guess what? The clouds brought somehow the hydrocarbons, and they accumulated in time. And it's not only us. The uh, solar energy industry as a whole lost billions of dollars due to cable failures. Cables were damaged in time from hydrocarbons. Yes. So, and even the uh, standard institutions oversee this issue. Yep, couldn't have, couldn't have predicted. Couldn't that. have predicted. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But yep. this is a reality. Right. This is a reality. The water is not water, also. Yeah. So, which means that it gets faster as a solvent. Yes. So, state and speed of water are also critical. Mm -hmm. So the faster it moves, the more it's going to erode, and. Um, the pressure it develops and builds, I presume. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the sixth one is, um, uh, as much as you keep the water away from your structures, you need to also keep it away from your equipment. Right. And the seventh is uh, uh, the ground conditions alter during the construction. Mm -hmm. This is a reality because if you just look at any excavation, you will see that the earth is not like a cake. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, it's not like a cake because we didn't do it. It mm -hmm. falls, falls down. Yep. And when wherever there is water, believe me, there are voids. Yeah. Because so big old holes are just popping up here and there unless it's packed and sealed properly. And, yeah. Yep. And the ninth one, this is uh, something that uh, uh, that comes a little bit from me. Live the world better than you found it. Mm -hmm. And the tenth commandment is uh, proper geoforming requires systemized expertise. Yeah. I will again repeat this, systemized expertise. So you mm -hmm. can be an expert, but if you don't systemize your methodology, your technology, the next time you may overlook something. We are yeah. all human beings. Yeah, yeah. You, wanna, you don't want to have a junior architect working on something that the intention is to keep it around for 100 years. Yeah. It might look pretty. They might be able to make something that looks pretty, but it doesn't mean it's going to last, use the right materials. I mean, again, the, there's an infinite number of details, especially when you're dealing with nature like you are. Yeah. So 
that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So maybe what we could do then is just um, bring this home, and why don't you talk a little bit about who your right fit clients are? Like, who do you want to attract who are going to be right fit people and what it's like to work together? What's what's that experience like? Uh, well, I can say that, uh, uh, let me first say, talk about the guys who are not going to be our yeah, partners. That's a good good way to <laughs> going to be. There's the polarizing part of the show, which is it's not, it's stay reality. away if you're, <laughs> yes, if you think, I mean, it's really, it's, but being values compatible and being straight up is good. And you want to attract right fit people, understand they want to play for the long haul. They want to be around. They don't want to get sued. They don't want to be responsible for deaths, decay, and destruction, but also be profitable in the long run instead of playing the short game, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, uh, we are not um, uh, the partner for those who would like to have a, a Band-Aid that, that they can just um, uh, stop the problem of the, stop the bleeding for now and then yeah. just run away afterwards. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Stop the bleeding now and get an infection later, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Uh -huh. So uh, basically, I can say that uh, the, those who think that uh, they can do it all, they just need to learn a little bit from us. Mm -hmm. We are also not partners for them. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. what we do, uh, unfortunately, is dangerous inherently if it is not done properly. Mm -hmm. okay? Because we've seen this again and again. Because people look mm -hmm. at what we do. Oh, they think we can buy some of these products. Buy those pumps and we just do it ourselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't work. And by the time they understand... This becomes more expensive. We've been through this many times. Yeah, yeah. They spend much more because, in the end, most of the time, they even have to call us so that we remedy the situation. Yeah. So the uh, if you really look for the people who we really partner, who we really like to partner with, who are thinking long term. Yes. Yeah. Who are thinking fix it right the first time. Mm -hmm. yeah? And who are after their repetition. Yeah. They're after because your reputation follows you. Yes, you can have a you can just manage to finish your project today, but sooner or later, whatever is not done right is gonna catch you. Right, people die because of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the last thing you want for sure. Yeah. So the uh, in a way, the right fits are the opposite of that, but also they're the ones who. Um, you know, I, it seems to me, you know, money, everyone wants to save money. Everyone wants to save time and make the most of that. But when your reputation's at stake and you want to build something that lasts a long time and you don't want to deal with the regrets of taking shortcuts or um, it all falls into the same category as if you're coachable. If you're the kind of person who's a collaborative learner and you want to work with the very best in the world, why not work with the best in the world who think the right way and have the right tools and also are on the cutting edge of technology without taking the worst risks? In other words, I'm sure there's more advanced things, but they are not as proven. There might not be enough as much history behind them yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this is a general approach to life. Mm -hmm. yeah. For example... Uh, there are people who has a car and like to use some uh, uh, not real materials to fix them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there are guys who always take it to the dealer to fix their car. Yeah. yeah. Not even to a neighborhood service place, but even to the dealer to fix it. Yeah. So 
we all have a different approach to life. I respect a company who have created a product. Mm-hmm. And when I'm servicing, for example, I take my car to the original service of the original dealer. Yep. Because they know the best. Mm-hmm. This is my way of looking at it. And I know that I, I've seen people who killed Mercedes-Benz in one year. Because mm-hmm. they thought these guys have taken too much precaution and I can service it later than normal. I've yeah. seen this. Mm-hmm. And in Germany, I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> Even within Germany, I've seen this. Yeah. So there is a reason for everybody. Uh, every successful company has a formula. And that formula is work with the experts. Yeah. yeah? So I believe in this, and I like to partner with those who would really like to have their promises fulfilled at the time that they think that they, they, they promise themselves. Because what we do is in the end is helping our clients to, to realize their own promises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everybody got a contract or work for some reason. And nobody is expecting them to fail. Right. Nope. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. We are success partners. That's very good. Okay. So I think the uh, most important thing at this point is for you, dear listener and viewer, dig in deeper. If you want to get the master classes we talked about, get some of the diagnostic tools that we promised, head on over to geoforming.com slash free. Um, you not only get the tools, the resources, the extended education, but you can also, um, if you're a right fit who's either in the process of building, um, tunneling, you can get a discovery call with uh, Kyan and his team or someone on his team to learn more, and uh, they can help either solve an immediate challenge you have or help you plan with success in mind. So like he said, if you want to work with the best They're the ones to talk to. So with that, thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure spending time with you. Same. Okay. Thanks. We'll wave goodbye. And I will will wrap this up and just simply say, um, if you've enjoyed this or if you know anyone who could benefit from this message, please share it. And of course, like, comment, upvote, and um, subscribe. So without further ado, you can head on or the end, the opposite of ado, um, go to geoforming.com slash free, learn more, spend some time digging into Kyan's world. And thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And this is another episode of Capability Amplifier. So long. And thank you, Mike. You got it. (laughs) 